gaze into my crystal ball and divine the desire of your heart. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Vaya. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors, where the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We recap episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbors. We watch at Australian pace, which is catching up slowly, day by day, to UK pace, uh, even to the point where our Father's Day is out of whack. We'll get to that. That is weird. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's a spoiler, but we won't, so we won't mention it. But uh, I'm Vaya. I work in showbiz. I have trouble. Well, what's left of showbiz <laughs> in these times? I have trouble suspending disbelief, and I am in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios. I've connected via Ned's laptop out the back of Harold's, and I am speaking to, also known as at Remute on Twitter, Kate. Hello, hi everybody, and known as CJ the Hot Mess Mom, Catherine Jones. Hello, hi everyone. And this is Neighbours Unplugged. We're doing it again. It's spring. We're doing a little new situation for a couple of weeks to keep um, commitments, editing commitments at a minimum. So we're we're free range this eve. Yeah, it's intimate. That was one of the, the, the buzzwords I gave it, intimate. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. And uh, I, we're in a strange place. We're in coming out of... Not coming out of lockdown. We're still firmly in lockdown in Melbourne. Um, I don't know if I'm meant to be isolating because I might have gone to an exposure site, but there's no one knows anything. Uh, people are We've having had some small, otherwise some small freedoms though. On top of that, picnics. It's picnic palooza. It's picnics are go. And we're up to ten k now. We can go. We can travel beyond five k now. Ten kilometer radius, which means, and I've realised. I didn't know where I could go with 10Ks, what excited me. And then someone mentioned on Twitter that they, there's a takeaway place they want to go to in their 10K. And I thought, yes, new takeaway food options have opened up. And this is my joy. But then our favourite burger place, which oh. is now within your 10K, is completely shut Struck due to, down. Um, to COVID. Struck so. down. This is it's no good. Uh, I, I think I could go to Costco now. Oh, but would you dare? Oh, totally. You know that of the three of us, I'm the one now. that will do this. Which beach, Kate? Which beach? Oh, the shittiest one, Port <laughs> Melbourne Beach. It's fine. Oh. Um, I wonder if I do. Maybe I do. sneeze at. No, I, I barely have a beach in my range, so you wouldn't. I wonder if they'll let me go to the makeshift, the manufactured beach, the Flamingo Bar at Tullamarine, if I can just use it. I keep getting... um. Ads, they're, they're hiring a new bar manager. So okay. Roxy could go for that job. Sure. Oh, send Jesse there, yeah. mate. <laughs> oh. uh, we should, let's do a little quick wardrobe check, please, for our – we've got a few uh, audience members watching this uh, recording. Let's start with uh, CJ because she's n- n- off-brand. I mean, she's on-brand, but she's not flying the neighbour's brand. No. I had – some things to eat and my neighbour's shirt's a bit tight. <laughs> well, that's the lockdown way. K- CJ's in an hoodie. It's pale blue. It's got unicorns on it and her hair is three-tone. It's pink, blue, purple in a melt. Yeah, With, with ears by a cocker spaniel. 
I don't know what that means. Oh, pigtails. Plats? Yes. And Kate is in a very special garment. I'm in the dogfish Rebecca <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> and I've also done my hair like him too. Oh, really? Tonight. Look. There we go. That'll do. <laughs> Just I mean, I must say down. your hair could never look like that. There we go. See? There. Oh. That toad. Not this toad. That one. It's very strange that they've chosen two toady images for that T-shirt, one with the classic mullet shot with the floral shirt and the other one just him with his hair down. Like we better we better show both facets of toad, hair up and down. Is, like he's famous for the mullet, but when you look at that disgusting hairstyle, it wasn't a mullet. It was like a disgusting beaver tail, pony ponytail with a bit of an undercut. The undercut, like, yes. It was an undercut. Yeah, like it was bogan. Bogan is anything. But it wasn't really a mullet. Like it wasn't short at the front. Uh, but this is, it's like revisionist history, yeah. isn't it? And I am wearing uh, a hoodie that was gifted to me by my friend Casey uh, and she worked for a while on Neighbours. Can't remember what she did. She was on the crew. I think it's a production assistant, I want to say, production co-ord. And I'm wearing the Neighbours, I think it's the 20-year anniversary crew jumper. Yes. Hang on, stand up a bit. It's behind okay. your mic. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Neighbours, Ooh. 1985 to 2005. 20 years. That's cool. Wow. Uh, I've never seen that before. Yeah, neither have I. Because well, you weren't crew, guys. You weren't Neighbours crew. <laughs> it's a, it's the crew gift. It only gets out, <laughs> given out. Uh, to people that worked on the show. So Casey was cleaning out before she had a baby and she's like, I don't want this. <laughs> and I said, I do. <laughs> so she gave it to me. Um, and I'm wearing the hoodie is going to come off when we're talking spoilers for people that are watching. But otherwise I thought you were back to being Gandalf again. <laughs> I really just the description in the previous app of me being a wizard really <laughs> sparks, <laughs> ignited something in me. <laughs> right, so. Outfit check. Um, I think that means that we can officially begin the business. Sweetie, it's just business. Firstly, facebook.com slash neighbourspod. Join the Neighbours Council, our group. And Claire has just done that and listens to the podcast UK Pace while quote unquote working, air quotes, actual quotes. Nice. Um, And... I didn't uh, come up with any other business. Oh, actually, yes, CJ. Uh, or was it you, Kate, or whoever, me, uh, noticed that there's another reality show, Co-opting Neighbours alum. Yes. It's Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah. You noticed. Yes, I or noticed. <laughs> and because Rob Millsy Mills posted about it and he's going to be a cast member and he's – it's very confusing because they've also got Olympia Valance and Courtney Act and a few other people that have done it before. Now this I I also have two tenuous neighbours mm-hmm. connections in those people as well. So there's Cameron Datto, who is the older brother of uh, Lockie Datto, who played Stephen Gottlieb Ooh. in Neighbours. Okay. And also in an even more tenuous connection, we've got Chris Smith. Of course, well known for being Danny Minogue's baby daddy. So he was kind of Kylie's brother-in-law for a while. 
Amazing. Now, they've changed production companies. They've gone back to their old production company, which means they don't care that Olympia and Courtney and a bunch of other people have already been on the show. They've brought them back on again. So that's happening. I just assumed all of them were returnees. But mind you, I've never really watched Apparently it, so. it's All Stars plus Wild Cards. Ooh. Oh, so it's, uh, it's, it's fans and favourites. Yeah. They're ripping off the block. Yeah. And because an- I, f- I feel like Kusha has been on it before. Yeah, I think so. Oh, is Kuta on it? Mm. I tell you what, he's yeah. in MLM and he got my husband's phone number and he did not stop calling him trying to get him to sell protein powders to people. <laughs> he opened my local Bunnings. There you go. That's You walk in there, there's a plaque on the wall. God, this that is says, so dull and we can't cut it out. Oh, come Footballers, on. Come on. Footballers in their retirement. No. Well, we, you, you started the whole Dancing with the Stars oh, well, thing. You can find me a more down, dull TV show than that. I didn't that. write down anything else and I was flying blind. <laughs> but I also got to mention Bonnie's on an, uh, another reality show. It's called SAS and I don't know what it's about, but it looks like they're oh. doing Tough Mudder. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's not on my list. <laughs> it's like people, um, they've they've made it, it's the second series in Australia. I'm sure it's overseas as well. But what they've basically made it is stars that have something to prove and then they train for like special forces op training and like get through it. And so there's people on there that are like want to do it as like redemption, their redemption story. And um, Bonnie, I guess, is I think- like trying to prove she's not just like a little fairy, fairy or like, you know, because she was a kid when she started on reality yeah. TV. I'm not so, 12. I'm not 12, yeah. Yeah, but she's she's tiny and very skinny and I just has, I mean, I guess did she do boxing with her family? Yes. So I feel like if she's up against SAS people like doing their challenges, how can she possibly do it when she's like about 40 centimetres shorter than the average SAS soldier? I don't know. My friend Jo is a tough little cookie and she's summited Everest, not all the way up, the, the base camp, you know. And I would never take her on and I would put her on the amazing race any day and she would do all the tasks and stuff. So you can't underestimate the little firecrackers. I don't know. Time will tell. Um, We're not watching it, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, no. Uh, And finally, um, yeah, Neighbours Unplugged is happening again next week. And if you haven't. Another reality show where you can talk about who opened whose bunnings. It's real. It's real. Wait till you, you check out the plaque at the front of your local Bunnings and you'll be like, oh, that's another ex Oh, my God. The amount of times Kate has told us to check out plaques, gang, <laughs> I'm not even – so many times. What? You always like tell Like the us, one out the side of Engadine, um, Engledine. No, Mackers. the one at my local library, the one at the skate park. Well, because my, grandfa- my grandfather opened See, that one. Come on, guys. Come on. There we go. Kate's like, oh, there's a plaque there. And I'm like – She's just got like an eye for detail. Yes. Yeah. You know, in job ads when they say like attention to detail and you go to the interview and you're like, yeah, I have that. Mm. Kate actually does. Kate does. (laughs) Uh, So plaque chat done. And, but yeah, Neighbours Unplugged. I'm trying to be meta now. So if you're listening to this not live, uh, log uh, log in next week when we do go live again and listen then. Because it's fun to have an audience and I haven't checked the chat, but, you know, maybe it's popping off. It's not, but there's people here. So yeah, people like, have said hi, our, yeah. our friends, our regulars. And patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Uh, when we run out of time on this recording, we're going to keep talking to cover off the extra storyline I'm saving for that and I'll put that on Patreon. I haven't done last week's yet. I've gone back to work and, um, look, I still haven't – it's it's a work in progress, me being at work. So we'll figure it all out. 
Um, I think I have to start getting up at 5am is the upshot of that. So um, that, yeah, that's business. So she's doing business with you. Rolling my live stings. I've got a taste for it. Uh, don't know what's next. Uh, it's, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with it. So I'm gonna take the hood hood off for UK friends that uh, do not want spoilers. Oh my spoilers. god! It really was Vaya. <laughs> it's um. I thought it was A. <laughs> yes, I was trying to think of a pop culture reference and I couldn't. CJ, thank you. Uh, there we go, <laughs> neighbors. I'm gonna move the mic. I didn't get that at all. Oh, pretty little liars. No. Okay. <laughs> oh. Kate, why aren't, why don't you watch teenage programming? <laughs> so. I, I was going to be like, you're like Superman and Clark Kent, oh, yeah. but there oh, you yeah, go. Oh, yeah, wait, my glasses. They kept, they kept the glasses on. Oh, who am I? <laughs> Where did she go? Um, oh, my God, you're so much hotter now that you took the glasses oh, off. Oh, yes. It's like she's all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I once. No, boring story. Won't say it. Um, so, okay, we're in the chat of the episode now. What we're going to do is a an old-fashioned deep dive. I'll say what we're doing in a second, but we're going to save one conversation for Patreon and that is going to be Toadier Than Thou, I've called it, when Toadie is judging on the thruple. Don't be judging our thruple, Toad. You leave them be, but we'll get to that on Patreon slash at the end of this main chat. Uh, we are going to do an old-fashioned deep dive into episode 8703 on Thursday the 16th of September, Shorts and Briefs Film Festival. We love an event on Erinsborough, don't we? We love it. Yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kate does not love this event. I wouldn't have gone to it. <laughs> you love, Kate, I you do love like, a drive-in. You, and you, you, I love, you, look, I do, I, I do love a drive-in and I have been to, um, I went to the Disney Plus drive-in last year, which was a weird little setup like the one they ended up with, which was everything was on the flat. Once again, two weeks in a row, we're going to talk about the show because it was at the showgrounds. Um, and, yeah, that did work. It was quite fun. Um, I don't know. Paul was all like this was going to make him like crap loads of cash and then they go and put fireworks on afterwards. I feel like maybe you could have made a bit more money by not having well, fireworks. Well, we know where he got those fireworks, Kate, don't we? Canberra. Canberra. Oh, yes. He got yeah. them on the cheap. Went down to went down to Fish Week, got some porn as well. <laughs> Selling that out of the boot. He probably like shoved it into like the the, the baby's um, capsule or something and stuck it underneath and was just like, oh yeah, this is all my baby gear. Oh my god, <laughs> the baby's capsule! What a tease! Cannot wait. CJ, uh, let's discuss this event though. As a marketer yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's get our marketing hats on. It's day of event, and it seems to be Father's Day or the day after Father's Day. We're all a bit skew if because because of the Australian delayed rollout they've been adding days to the timeline and suddenly they're like, happy Father's Day. I'm like, what? Happy Happy Father's Day on a Thursday. Like at least fudge it for a Monday. They can't. I think it was meant to be a Monday because we've added like four right. days or whatever to the roster. So, But yeah. it's, it's extra worse for the UK because their Father's Day is always in June. Yeah, we're getting closer so. to that one. Yeah. And I, yes. I, I, as a marketer, when the day doesn't work, you just pop the word celebrating in front of it. So you say like, oh, we're celebrating breast cancer day, like a week and a half before because that suits our socials calendar. Not, yeah. yeah. That's what Ned was doing at the cafe. And Amy was like, oh, Ned's got Father's Day at the cafe. I'm like, what? What's Harold's doing? What are they putting on there? Well, he's, 
He's hardly going to go up and say drab, is he? It's like, thanks for nothing, mate. <laughs> no one, um, no one takes their father to cafes really for Father's Day. Like that's a Mother's Day thing. Yeah, yeah, brunch, half the job done. You know, we do, we do tend to do brunch for my dad and all the dads in my family. Um, but my dad doesn't eat before twelve, so he usually <laughs> just sits there and have a hot chocolate. So it's like the worst possible celebration nothing more tedious than going to a nice meal and one person's having a cuppa oh look at no he's on for a chat he's just he's got his audience then so it's fine (laughs) and now the day of the shorts and briefs which I can't again I can't quite tell if it's that day or the next day but we had to start on a Monday I feel like a Sunday is a good day for it yeah celebrating father's day with the shorts and briefs film festival we've got the gals on deck all systems go they are in their elements. We've got Chloe just back where she's meant to be, running an event at Lasseter. She's got this cute, like, 60s clipped hairdo happening with the straight hair down. And then um, she's got a clipboard and she knows what's happening. You forgot that her job was jeopardised by a teenager last week. And then you've got um, Amy. She's she's running things over at the Flamingo Bar. Not as much as Roxy, her 2IC who's doing a lot of their literal heavy lifting and, you know, in charge of drinks menus and where technical gear is going to go and for some reason coils there even though he doesn't work at that business. Um, but CJ, who else wants in the mix of this event team? So Paul is micromanaging and he is everywhere. So And he comes the, – the scene that just like gave me the most irk was he comes to the Flamingo Bar. This is when Kyle's there with the sound decks because he's a sound tech now. Um, <laughs> and he he's squabbling around and he says to Roxy, you should have this out on all of our socials. Why? Why? Why is Roxy the social manager? Like I don't get me wrong, she could be one. Yes. Like from a personality point of view, like this could be a job for her, a career path. But why at the uh, – as somebody who's like managed the socials, like when people are made an admin of an account and just some random from your workplace makes a post, like it'll no. be like a CEO makes a Christmas post or something and you're like, actually, that's not like in the calendar. You <laughs> you didn't do that. So that's probably what Roxy's done now. She's just popping it on the socials. And I'm sure that's something that Amy and Roxy would have worked out together. Like yeah. Amy's probably already got a social media plan that she's worked out with Rose who's doing PR for yeah, the festival. That's exactly right. And Ro- it would be Rose's event. It's not It's not the venue's like event to be doing all this with. I'm sure that they would want to make it a success and they would do what they could. But like I don't think it would be all on Paul. It feels like the film festival would be making the money. Paul's, so Paul's running around penny pinching. I think I really he, he does have porn being for sale in his boot. Like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say live, but someone's associate on this podcast used to do in high school for a bit of extra cash. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of clear that up. It wasn't my associate. (laughs) Must have been yours, Vaya. (laughs) And um, so um, Paul's, yeah, like Paul's like, oh, we can still sell more tickets. Go, go, go. Yeah. And I look. What is this film festival? So they've got the drive-in night with all the little competition short films, but then um, Coyle's buying 
tickets to like some racy French movies with subtitles. Yeah, subtitles. They've just got SBS. Yeah. They've just got um, SBS on demand. <laughs> Fire. The rude bits. I think it might be OnlyFans actually. <laughs> By the sound and of it. But and it, this this particular event screening was happening in Lasseter's itself, like in, in like, the boardroom, um, the ballroom, I think, the, the conference room. <laughs> He's just sitting down with a couple of guys and some like tea and biscuits and watching some French films. <laughs> oh look, I've just googled this. Apparently, they really were having sex. <laughs> um, but is it is it short films that they're watching? Just really short. 30-second snippets like where you see people's boobs in French It must be. Or... I mean, a short film can go like up to 7, 12 minutes, maybe 20. I can't, I can't see Coyle buying a ticket for a seven-minute seven, seven minute film. Oh. He's like, that's a bit rough, you know. Like, that's why well, he... Lethal Weapon goes on for much longer. That's why he bought like four, though. He was going to see like five movies in one like sitting or something. <laughs> so maybe he got like a package deal. And I, I, can, I can just see him walking out after the first movie going... God, man, I'm just gonna, just gonna head down the the, the bar now and uh, fire <laughs> up my own playlist in my phone <laughs> of what I want to watch. Uh, but I did like that Roxy thought at first she thought he was being cultured until everyone sorted her out. Like, no, 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 he's gonna go see topless women. So yeah, it, I don't understand. It's part conference room projector, part drive-in cinema. But I did like the touch of the drive-in because that solved the problem of having to see a crowd. Because we didn't have to see a crowd, we could just hear hear sound effects through winds, car windows, and then you had our cast like scattered, like sitting on cars and scattered around the joint. It looked cool. Mm. Yeah, I liked the um, the the drive in, and I liked um, yeah, I hadn't, I didn't actually think of like the COVID, you know, like that it, that it would work for that, but I really liked that. Although it was much louder, because I assume that like when I've got out of the car at the drive in, it's kind of spooky, and this was, I mean, it was spooky. <laughs> It's but. a bit like silent disco, mm. you know. No one can hear the the raving going on. So that's all happening. And uh, meanwhile, um, I'm just going to segue over to Rose and Toadie because Rose, even though she's managing an event, and this is probably her busiest week of the event, she has time to go and woo one Toadfish Rebecca. Kate looks pained. Oh, I do. Like, seriously, what is wrong with Rose? I, I honestly can't fathom why she's getting so deeply invested in this toady thing. Where are, where are her children, for one? I mean, I guess it's Father's Day. They're probably with their father. But still, like, she's, she's got a lot of time to spend variously um, plotting and dating Toad. Having picnics. I mean, I know it's Picnic Palooza in Melbourne mm. right now. But you don't have to do it on the day one. I was going to also add, though, the UK has just seen her again. So the UK has just had that feeling we had, like, oh, yay, Rose is back. Oh, no, Rose is like this now. <laughs> oh, that's right. She had a terrible marriage, mm. like, originally. I know they got back together, but wasn't there, like, an implication that he was a little bit, I don't know, Abusive. Financially yeah. abusive as well. Financially like he, abusive. Yeah. Well, he was in the separation at least. Mm. So is that what's wrong with Rose? Like she's just really impacted from that experience and Toadie's the first person that hasn't treated her badly? I get Like her white knight. Yeah. You, usually we can extrapolate a bit, but I'm having trouble doing that. Like they've just not given us any depth. They've just put her back I as think, a villain and that's that. 
we're just meant to believe that Toadie is just some sort of really suave sex bomb because think about all of his ex-girlfriends. Hmm. And dead wives. Yeah. R-I-P. Not one died amongst them. No. She then um, takes them out for a family picnic, Toadie and the kids, and oh, hats off to Scarlett Anderson. She's really coming into her own the older she gets. She got to do the silent treatment. I mean, she didn't speak. She got to give Rose the silent treatment on this picnic and just gave her donuts whenever Rose offered up a game or a joke or anything. And that was a good time. And then as soon as Melanie came past, she's like, Melanie, play with us. You're the best. And she's like, I want to go to the zoo. Can we go to the zoo now? And then Rose is all like, I'll take you to the zoo, which I don't know. I've been to the zoo a lot. I'm not offering to take other people's kids to the zoo without my own children. So that's that shows you how keen she is on Toe. Although I think her children are teenage boys. So I think. Again? My God. There's all these like children having children yeah. on neighbours for them to have teenagers at a young age. So on the day of the film festival, she asks Toady if he'll be her plus one for the VIP lounge. CJ, can you speak to this VIP lounge? Um, so from what I can tell, it was that stage that Levi fell off on the weight kit. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that- and that's how Amy met Darren because the, the UK also just got the scene with Amy and Darren. There you go. And they're like, how did they know each other? And it's Amy had recruited them to help with the whatever that event was at the Flamingo. The Flamingo hosts so many events. I know. Ooh. It's an event space. Was it that's was it the big workout thing yeah. that they had to mm. do? And Kyle or Roxy, I can't remember, somebody built a terrible stage and it feels like it was that or it's just a couple of crates that someone's painted white. Mm. And so Toady has apparently never seen a VIP room. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I did, they can't edit this, I tell you what, I did a review of a DJ back in the early 2000s and there was um, dancers with people doing coke off their came up plates. Oh no. Came up plates off their, <laughs> <Okay>. their came up <laughs> plates on their bum. And that's a VIP lounge. Wow. Tony. <laughs> no, these guys were just having free cocktails. Yeah, I didn't do Did do I? that, by the way. <laughs> I just saw it. Hang on, hang on. I just had a flashback. Remember when um Pierce proposed to Chloe mm-hmm. at the spring racing carnival yep. mm-hmm. in a swanky tent? Yep. That was a better tent. Oh, yeah. And Toadie's forgotten that already? Yeah. They were at right. the spring racing carnival because he got excited because Cosentino was there. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The magician. Oh, that was, that was truly a low light. <laughs> and then Cosentino magicked the ring for, for oh. Chloe. So I think the main difference of this VIP lounge is the snacks were like on a table at the back, whereas maybe the people in the street, they had to go get the food trucks. And food trucks are better than snacks on a plate anyway. Snacks so, on a plate, by the way, yeah. is the feature film I want to see, the shorts and briefs. <laughs> Snacks on a plate. Snacks on a plate. Maybe that's what Kyle we saw. We've got, um, got some prawn hog out <laughs> fresh from Costco. <laughs> um, so, oh, mental blank. In that VIP tent, essentially, so the curtains are like open to the VIP tent and they have to watch whatever the drive-in people are watching. So I'm guessing are there speakers in the VIP tent? Also, there's no seats. Well, there must be speakers outside because Sheila and Coyle and Roxy Mm. were actually watching it. So I don't know. It's not like every – I've been to quite a few drive-ins and, yes, they've all got – just relied solely on the sound within your car. Which is why I don't really like them because I never have a good enough car to enjoy the experience. 
So he he's she's invited him on a date, even though he's like, I'm not really ready. I I'm not over Melanie. And she's like, well, just let's be friends. But meanwhile, I want you all the time. Be my date. And he's like, all right, well, it's a date because you're cute. And so they're on that. But she has to event manage. So I don't, that's, I can't imagine anything more stressful. Yeah. And she, as I mentioned before, she shouldn't really be managed. Like she should be managing this event and she's just leaving it up to the venue managers to do all of the work. And then all she's doing is, I think she's making the speech. And then we didn't even get the speech. No. Wouldn't you get an MC for that? Or someone linked to the film industry or one automobile industry. Sorry. Think about the biggest event all three of us have been to this year. (gasps) Kate's six-year-old daughter's birthday party. (laughs) Or as you've you've called it. Magipalooza. (laughs) I, I feel like I was in the Rose role there. I did not have time to chat to one single person there. No. I was run off my feet the whole time and I wasn't even getting paid for it. It wasn't my bloody career on the line. Now, so now imagine if you and your husband decided that was date night. <laughs> Instead of, oh, man, nah, I would have been sniping. <laughs> Can you get some more food out? The kids have already demolished the cheesels, okay? We should have bought six boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Ro- that's what Rose should have been doing. She should have been barking orders at Toad. Mm. Like, where are the name tags? Get the wristbands, Jared. Can you hand me something? Mingle, mingle, Jared, mingle. <laughs> Did you notice she started calling him Jared too when he said yes? <laughs> she's like, it's like she's googled Sonia. Oh, yeah. Um, Wouldn't it be great if she actually had some sort of connection to Andrea? Like, you know, like because Andrea is what is she in prison for life now? Till they need a ratings boost, I reckon. Well, maybe can she just pop up and be like coaching Rose on how to snare a toad? <laughs> oh, that would be good, actually. Maybe she could get some of those biscuits from Aldi again. So now, Snackos. What Snackos. I am struggling a bit with. We're supposed to be barracking for Melanie, and we do because we are Team Melanie. Mm. She's got a heart of gold. She's a per- she's a great fit for Toadie, um, but Toadie's a little bit too into this date slash potential relationship with Rose. So it's yeah. so I'm like, well, I don't want that for Melanie. I don't want no, him no. to be half in, half out. I, I, poor Melanie needs to crack open the perennial favourite of women on Ramsey Street. Um, he's just not that into you. Mm. Yeah, they should have one in the um the lending library in that um the, the sh- <laughs> what was it the little you know the communal oh, yeah. library they should just always the have one, one that Piper used to go yes. to. Uh, so in meanwhile, Melanie Pearson wants to. She's decided she sees this Father's Day picnic and she's feeling really left out. And she gathers the presents that she and the Toadie kids have made for Toadie, their paper crafts and gives them to him and they have a connection. Which were bloody good paper crafts. The children of those that age, I look at what I got my children to do and they were a lot better than theirs. So Melanie did a lot of like heavy lifting in the craft stakes and I worry a bit that a lot of their connection is through the kids. It's like in Jerry Maguire when Tom Cruise likes the kid more than Renee Zellweger and you're like, okay, but you've got to be with the person too. (laughs) Like you can't just communicate through the kids but then this leads Melanie to decide she wants to make a grand gesture akin to Toadie getting a lot of houseplants and then concealing himself in the foliage. 
Yeah. And I love that she wants to do this because it's obviously for television. Um, so, you know, a grand gesture is perfect. Um, and also she did make it much deeper than Toadie's, you know, zebra print, you know, fiasco, didn't she? She had multimedia involved. She had. At first, she had bloody Susan Kennedy involved. Oh, no, we need a minute for Susan. I, at first I thought she had she was going to put on the fireworks because I'd seen them in the promo and I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to spell out, Toadie, take me back in fireworks or something. No, it was better. <laughs> she devises a short film. To- Called Ode to Toad. Yeah. Was it an ode for toad? Ode to Sorry, toad. I've wrecked yeah. it now. <laughs> I think it, no, I think it's ode to toad, mm. and it's got a little French ditty um, feeling at the start. Um, oh, which is which is Carl Kennedy's song? Yes. Yeah. Uh, was it Vermilion? Uh, Red Vermilion? No, Vermilion Sky, Vanilla Sky. Oh, I don't know. It was, look, it was a lot better than I thought any of Carl Kennedy's music would ever be. Mm. And I actually think it wasn't a bad deal because Carl was trying to offload his music to the artists to use in their films, and that's a pretty good deal. Um, Olivia points out it was the Illusionist that oh, was playing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to offload Vermilion Sky to Coil, and they said no. Roxy said no because in the middle of Roxy doing all her tasks, she's also having to edit her boyfriend's film on the mm. day of oh, this event. Why Why did she have to shoehorn extra footage in? Because it was shit. Yeah, let, okay, let's, I'm not going to tarnish Melanie's lovely piece with talking about that awful piece of crap. So Melanie's film, Ode to Toad, is meant to be, I thought, just a joke film. It wasn't, to me, I didn't think it was an official entry. So she's running around cobbling it together with uh, Mackenzie and Susan on the sly, which was very cute, except go to your jobs, people. What are you doing? I guess if it's a weekend, maybe not. Um, I think I think Susan's dipped into the um, the blue box for a bit of costume <sighs> going on. Okay. I, I, do you reckon Carl's got, got the horn for the, the old fortune teller? Well, he does now. I'm telling you mm. that for free. What is she, So the, what is the film, Kate? Talk us through Ode to Toad. Okay, so Melanie, you know, as she's well known for, likes to visit Madame Zolga for a good fortune telling, but this time she's visiting Madame Susanna, was it Susanna, um, who is, of course, Susan Kennedy, dressed up as a fortune teller with, I thought it was a lazy eye, but I don't know, look, she just looked great, and um, she's got a crystal ball in front of her, and she's, Melanie asks her, oh, what's what's my future, and it's, and then amazingly like this is like jim robinson bauble <laughs> style toady's face appears in the crystal ball and if i don't see christmas decorations with toady's face mm. in them i'm going to be super yeah. disappointed and she's like no no he's my past not my future well he's my past and my future yeah and she, the most of the film was her down the barrel of the camera talking about how great toady is and his ass and everything I wish she'd gone a bit more kind of like cheap TV ad there and, and like gone full Aussie and gone, Jared or Becky, you're like the the sun to my moon. <laughs> <laughs> and then flashed up a bit of Athena Star Woman phone number at the bottom. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, she was just doing it, you know, like someone would do a marriage proposal or whatever. Like I'll just play this for fun before the real entries. But Rose was sabotaging her by, like, destroying the USB that Melanie had asked Amy to play. So Rose watched it on her laptop. Oh, yeah. 
and she took it out. And we've talked many times on the council about how you can't take USBs out. You're going to have that that error message come up on your screen multiple times saying, you know, you cannot exit without whatever. Um, but she takes it out and she puts it in a teacup or a coffee cup and just like proper destroys it. What a bee. It's, mm. it's not okay. That's, you know, that's perfectly good electronics that you've wasted there. Just delete it. That reminds me. I, I killed many a USB stick by storing them in my um, handbag, going out and then getting alcohol spilled <laughs> in my handbag. Or just the, so that's it, it will kill them. Or just the little cap getting lost and then there's just crap jammed in there. No, I fried. I fried too many important things too. But, oh, well. So Amy loses it and then can't follow through with the grand gesture. So Melanie has to scramble and go get the backup from Mackenzie and it's a whole thing. And then gets the USB, delivers it, but then Rose is like, well, no, it's too late. It's past the cutoff. You can't submit your film. And it's like, hmm. and she. Which I kind of, look, I, she's got a point. What if there's something really wrong in the film that she can't show, that like it shouldn't be shown to an audience? What if it's something Kyle saw in the boardroom? <laughs> yeah. Or what if like, you know, it's like that came up plate incident. Yeah. Like there could be lots of things on there that it, she doesn't want to attach to the brand of the shorts and film festival, which is, you know, really brand heavy. She could have talked them through it and be like, it's me saying I love Toadie and Susan's in cosplay and she looks great. Can you put it on the screen? Excuse me. This puts um, Rebecca Law's reputation on the line and really can't handle another hit. <laughs> and they're a major sponsor. The fact so. that it won speaks to the quality of the remaining productions. Mm. Oh, the zombie one was terrible. I mean, we knew it was no, going to be terrible. the bird one was terrible. Okay, I want to talk about the bird one. The bird one. Did you guys watch it on when Neighbours shared it on social media? Yes. Uh, I regret that minute watching that. It was allegedly funny, according to Neighbours. Like people According to the sound it. effects on the episode, the viewers at the drive-in were cacking themselves, even though it wasn't I meant to be a comedy. That she- Sheila could have written a far better um, narration track for it. It could have been a lot better if they'd given her better words. Yeah, because well, who was the screenwriter? Coyle. Mm. So Sheila's doing this like faux Attenborough style narration over the journey of Gary the Pigeon, who they've strapped a GoPro to. And uh, Dr. Kathy posted some pictures of in the Neighbours Council of um, the, the OG. Pigeon GoPros, which when was when they designed little cameras, they came up with little cameras to put around pigeons' necks and used them, I think, during wartime to capture. They were like drones. They captured aerial footage. Um, I think, like, that would have been far more interesting if they'd used Gaz Pigeon that way. But it was just him flying around the cul-de-sac, flying around a winery, like perched in a winery, He wasn't even there. That was the the bullshit footage from Jane. Yeah, I don't know. That was fake news, that one. That's so Roxy said there's a big gap because we can't show Amy and Ned having sex in the backyard. Why not? (laughs) Maybe maybe we want to see that. Maybe play it in the conference room. (laughs) But mate, mate. So that that was was that was what Rose was worried about. She's like, all right, I've had to cut bloody um, you know non-consensual porn mm. out of this, <laughs> another film. God only knows what's mm. going to be in your one. But I love that Roxy's like, I've left a gap in the edit. I can't just de- delete it and make it shorter. She's like, but I cut something out so I have to put something in. So she's taken, she's gone into Jane's Dropbox and taken the winery footage and put some of that in. 
Um, so Phil's, Phil's commented here, um, people paid good money to watch that shite. They did. <laughs> they did. Oh. How much do you reckon the tickets were going for? Because Paul thinks he's making a mint out of this. And uh, well, you're watching like see, five I, films at once because it's short. I reckon it's going to be like at least 30 bucks per ticket. Ugh, that's grim. And that would be cheap for a film festival. It is yeah. grim. But there's also like a stand where people can take photos in costumes apparently and a testicular cancer checking station. So, I mean, it's quite a bargain of a festival. Yeah, we're not, we're not getting to that too early, don't worry. Um, the other film we, that we saw, who wants to talk about Mackenzie, sorry, Hendrix's zombie caper? No I one. didn't hate it. I liked it better in the lead up. I thought the scenes they shot were good, but then I didn't think they were just going to be threaded together with nothing in between them. Mm. Yeah. Did, did we actually see the scene where someone's running through a hallway at the school? We didn't, no. Did we see any school stuff in the end? So all that bullshit of um, them harassing Jane at school was for nothing? I mean, in theory, we only saw like half of that film. So apparently also Mrs. Punt did a cameo, so we, we didn't see that. And Mackenzie's character was meant to be running away after she pulled out the zombie heart, and we didn't see that either. So it really was just the two scenes that um, Hendrix had the whole neighbour's crew shoot for him, mm. Carl being scared and then Mackenzie running away screaming. I'll tell you what, I do give her hair 10 out of 10. Look beautiful, those beautiful blonde waves. Two things about this film. Film. I'm going to call it a film, Hendrix's film. Um, uh, Mackenzie reminded me of Scarlet when she had the blood on her hands and she was running through, you know, greenery area. And, I, I, I you know, I love that look for her. I thought she looked beautiful, as you said, with her hair. And secondly, I just really loved watching Carl watch himself because he was so, he was like, oh, look, this is my moment. I'm a star. And I just, he's such a lovely, you know, not Carl, but. Ellen Fletcher. He was very Fletch in that moment. I, it was yeah. really joyous. Yeah. You know, didn't we see this week on Ellen Fletcher's socials that he and his wife had their own drive-in at home? Yeah, and they were doing their own carpool karaoke, which is very Carl to mm. just want to have your own event where you're singing to yourself, to your wife in the car. So, see, that? that's the thing. I, I think Carl, like I have so much love for Carl because there's so much of Ellen Fletcher in him. So, yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. Now, Olivia's pointed out that Mrs. Punt was meant to be the zombie hunter. Um, and what did Hendrix do to get her into it? The film. Remember how, like, he's like, oh, you, you won't believe what I had to do. Oh. And, and I look, my theory is that maybe she got him to do some gardening, like some just some manual labour, maybe with his top off. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, that seems like a Mrs. Punt kind of thing. You've had a lot of stumps removed at your joint, Kate, lately. Maybe he, Hendrix I, had to do I that. I removed a stump myself with... Well, I helped Phil remember this morning. <laughs> I could have done, I would have been bloody rapt to have a 19-year-old muscly boy to do it instead of me. There you go. I wouldn't have even watched him. <laughs> Maybe um, he could have done, you know, a dance at the same time. Mm. That would have been lovely. I don't even, I, shit, I, I wouldn't have even cared. I wouldn't have been watching. I'd be just like, just get that thing out of my garden. There, bang, gone. So, Brett, friend of the pod, Brett's here and he would. Um, oh, Brett, Brett, nice of you to join yeah, us. Yeah, trying to win back your favourite. Yeah. I guess Kate um thinks yeah. um I think we all know what Mrs Punt asked Hendrix to do <laughs> dot 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 I'm not 100% yeah, sure yeah <laughs> so now we leave all of them aside is so that Melanie wins the 
festival, the, not the whole festival, she wins the Community Entrant Award. God, it just seems such a shit category. Um, yeah, so I watched, oh, God, yeah, the bird film. Yeah, 5K though. Yes. How bloody good is that? Amazing. That's why you do a bloody short film, to get five grand. If that piece of crap won it. Always enter a competition where it's creative entry because no one can be bothered. Don't enter a competition that's random draw because everyone oh. enters those. That's how I won a travel stroller. Yeah. Like one of those little ones that folds down teeny tiny. It was like just share your, your craziest yep. travelling with children's story. And I thought I don't really have one, but you know what I do have? I've got Google. <laughs> And I just Googled somebody else's story and wrote it up in my own words. Amazing. And I won a $400 stroller. What a shyster. And it was a while ago. So don't don't chase me up. Yeah, anywhere where you've got to write a, write a limerick or tell a story or sing a song, that's where you win. That's what Melanie did, even though, like, it's in the terms and conditions, she wouldn't have been eligible because it would have said the cutoff is whatever, 5 p.m. on the day of the festival. So she wouldn't have been eligible. Rose is right there. But she won anyway because the judges didn't care because the pigeon film was so shit. They gave mm. it to Melanie and then off screen, Toadie and Mel decide that they're going to be back together because Toadie's watching it with admiration. We are ripped off of a Toadie and Mel kiss, which we still haven't had. And I think if we're going to root for this couple, we need that kiss. And I think we've been really shortchanged. This was the moment to get it. And um, then Toadie comes and they announce that they're back together and everyone's applauding and it's great. And then Tony's like, I mean, technically I'm still on a date. You're dogfish, Rebecca. It's played for laughs, like, ha, 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 I'm still on a date, I'm going to go in that. Melanie deserves better than this. Yeah, no, it's she definitely does. And we still didn't get the kit, like, because they were off screen. Mm. Ripper. Disgusting. Yeah. Remember Just, months ago when she was like under a desk looking at his crotch? Mm. We Like they're actually together now and we don't see any of that. No. And Rose, even Rose I felt sorry for because she's like, okay, I'm on a date, but he's going to go back and get together with his ex. So... And then Tony's like, oh, sorry. And she's like, okay, I'll just file it away under crazy dating stories. Mm. Don't don't look. There's plenty more fish in the sea Rose. for everyone. Don't don't you worry about that. And Rose sees how lovingly Toadie looked at Melanie, which he did a few times while she was around. But that was the moment that Rose chose to go. All right, I concede defeat. You can have the toad. Mm. And she's like, "You've won," and hands Melanie the oversized check. And you know the implication there is that they've been competing for the man the whole time. Ugh. Whatever. Can't, can't we just have some like? relationships between women that don't revolve around fighting over a man. We, yeah. They started the app with these three powerhouse event managers getting it done, helping each other out, and I was there for that. And then it descended into let's compete to win a man. Yeah. Or let's help a woman compete to get a man. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Let's move on to testicles. Yes, and then I want to, yes, just to go through the rundown live, we'll get to testy time and then we'll go to. Oh, and Steve, Steve just turned up straight for the testicle right. chat. Hi, Steve. Right. And then we will uh, get to a newcomer that I would like to spend, spend a few minutes on. So uh, testy, testy time. I have not looked if this is actual, it must be SponCon. Testy time must be a real product, real oh, organisation. Well, no, I the, look now. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, we had um, the whole ovarian cancer mm. storyline for Sonia. So they've, they've moved to um, 
obviously a, a different cancer, which is good, raising awareness. I thought you were going to say they've moved to a different genital. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Um, you know what I find a bit, what I found a bit weird about the storyline this week, which was I felt like it was really forced, that whole Aaron's like, I don't want anyone looking at my nuts storyline. I'm like, well, A, your husband's a doctor. So is he not, why don't just let him have a, a feel of your, your I mean, he probably does. But... Yeah, I mean, well, look, I don't know what they get up to, but um, but they wanted, yeah, and that like they... David wanted it to be a show. Like, you're my husband, I'm the doctor. You want to show the community that you're happy to go and get the test. <sighs> but imagine, like, and then, but then he was all like, "Aaron, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You don't have to do it if you don't feel comfortable." Imagine if your partner was saying that to you about having um a pap smear, which I tell you what is pretty bloody invasive. Um. You can't just say no, don't have it. You do need to be checked out. Like it's But I'm not gonna do it on even... the, I'm not gonna do it on the Lassiter's forecourt. <laughs> Look, there's a shower curtain. You're fine. Sh- just get your toots up. <laughs> I was I just don't think that was the right place for that location. Put it in the murder rotunda. Just get a bit of coverage going. It was very bright. The shower curtain was very light. Those hands were very cold. Also, the, like, rubber flaps it came through. <laughs> I mean, did that not signify something? Oh, my God, because imagine, because he's got the gloves on, right? Okay, all right. So, yep, sure enough, he's the, the doctor, doctor, is gloved up as he sticks the hand through. Then he has, you know, I'm trying to say this in a proper way. Yeah, Cup. Then he, he has a cops a feel. And then he withdraw, withdraws the gloved hand through those same flaps so they've they've got like I don't know they're, Te- they're dirty gloves going back through those flaps. Testicle slime. What? That's what they've got on them. <laughs> Jesus! I don't think I don't think that's a thing. It's also, I'm reading the comments right now, and you guys better not read these comments out. I swear to God, do not read these out. <laughs> you can't. This is why my cheeks match my hair. <laughs> uh, look, Phil Turner, as Phil Turner says, he was a former stripper. Okay, yes, Aaron was, but, you know, he didn't have to do clinical procedures on stage. It there's, was, there's some things I'm going to have to Google it later. It was very cute, I thought, his his reaction. Cute, cuter was David's reaction when he went through with the test and then they're celebrating afterwards the um, the superiority of their balls and with all the puns that that entailed. Now, t- Tim raises the point here. What was the point of having the doctor behind the screen for privacy mm. when he was meeting the patients out the front beforehand? It's a weird theatre, isn't it? Imagine if the doctor giving you a, a pap smear did that, like just said, oh, hey, hey, Kate, you know, okay, well, first of all, we'll start off with a pap smear here, but just wait a second while I step behind <laughs> this wall and just get your bum up really close, <laughs> really close to this hole because I'm going to stick my hand through. <laughs> like, why not? It's, it's weird. It's kind of like a fetish thing. It, it feels far more sexual. It was. And I actually thought, so there was a moment where Darren, David and Aaron were going to take baby Phyla to go and get her first photo session in a photo booth. And I thought a photo booth is actually far more private than the testy booth because it's yeah. very what? concealed. Don't mix them up, Bayo. Don't, mix, don't take your baby into the testy booth. <laughs> <laughs> don't open that curtain. And what about the little thumbs up? I think that Carl was doing giving them the little thumbs up when oh. they've had their examination. It's it's fraught with legal danger too because I can't imagine because you're not they're not getting eyes on the testicles either. So like yeah. you know what if they miss a bit? 
And they don't know. You've got to keep your eye on the ball. Steve. It it does feel very half I I was wary of the comments, but Steve's put a good one in. Carl started and ended every scene this week warming his hands, even if the tent wasn't mentioned. Good continuity. Yes. Um, Uh, He's, Carl's reaction to the testicle Side is only it's is as endearing as his reaction to him being on the big screen. Yeah, and his little yeah. vest, his little testy time branded vest, was adorable. He's going to take that home, like you know the jumper you're wearing yeah. right now. Someone took that home and yeah. kept it at home for however long. He's going to wear that vest all the time. And I also liked that the other cast were like everyone was on board, like, you know, Paul was going to get it done and Toadie, everyone, but the, no one wanted Carl, so they're all getting it done before Carl's on shift. That was a nice touch. Um, but then, yeah, the the, sh- the shower curtain, and then I thought as well that you would get, like, your results posted to you or a phone call, like your GP would call you, but no, you go around the other side, draw the curtain, and then the doctor potters around and then says to you, oh, okay. All clear, mate. All clear. Or in Hendrix's case, the worst bedside manner ever, which was. There's some rocks in your nuts, mate. <laughs> I would have preferred. That would have been better, Kate. That's better bedside manner because at least that's funny. This guy was just like, you have a lump. Do you have any loved ones around? You might die. <laughs> I'm afraid that you're chunky, not smooth. <laughs> he did basically tell Hendrix to ring the funeral parlor, didn't he? He was just like, anyway. See, so, yeah, it was like wow. when they told, um, when they told, um, what's her name? My favorite person, Sonia. It was like when they told Sonia that she had, like, you know, that it had gone to her brain and her heart and all these oh, other places. Like, yeah. they were just like cold, hard. It's like, lady, you've got no hope. Hendrix was the same. And this is a young man. And the whole point is that it can affect young people. So mm. it was a nice touch giving it to Hendrix. But, oh boy. Yes. That booth did no one favors. It didn't. It didn't. It was not a good marketing campaign for that brand. Look, I, just, I look. It is a good idea because think about in COVID times. I can't remember the last time I went to the GP in the last couple of years. For well, actually, aside from like being quite sick with pneumonia, like I I didn't go there to like. I wouldn't expect any young man to go, well, I've been healthy. I don't need to go to the yeah, doctor. I've been right all now. the time because it was one of the few reasons I could be social with my baby. I'd be like, oh, we're going to go see our doctor. She can see the baby because I couldn't show him to anyone else. So I'd be like, yay, someone who's excited to see my Let's kid. Let's take it to the disease home. Well, I had to go. I had to get vaccinated. So <laughs> I wasn't willing to wasn't willing to become an anti-vaxxer <laughs> over, over that. Um, I love going to the doctor. I go all the time. Yeah, I love it. Um, I've got really yeah. fun. I've got ace doctors, the best. So what do we think? Is Hendrix going to really have like some cancer? I think you'll have a bit. Oh. You'll have to get removed. Steve also raised, asks why every visitor to the tent was pulling their pants down to their ankles. Yeah, they look like they were having to go number twos. There's, there's only a shower curtain and a bit of wind could like open a flap and suddenly you've got like, you know, you're mooning all of Lassiter's. It was the worst setup. If test, did, did you have any luck finding testy time? Are they real? Couldn't find them at all. Well, for the best. It looks the the actual unit looked identical to the New Zealand one, but with a shittier curtain. Oh, okay. I. So then Hendrix has got to go and have join the party, the cocktail party, and Mackenzie's like, "Let's go clubbing." He goes, "No, nope. I'm just gonna go home and be sad." 
because that man was a very bad bedside manner doctor. So do you think he's going to go and ask Carl to, like, have a look? I don't think he'll ask Carl. I don't know because, you know, so I was brought up in a house with a nurse and, like, if even 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 somewhere in a place that was, you know, not wanting to see, if you got news like that, I 100% would have gone home immediately and said, Mum, you need to, like, look at this immediately and tell me what you think. So, like, I wonder whether he'd, like, really entered parent zone with Carl and if that's because you know how he wants to go home. Like, I really hope he's going to deal with this quickly and not. Kate's just found something amazing. Um, I think he, I really hope he deals with this quickly instead of living in denial about it anyway. Well, he's, his ex-stepmom is Chloe and she's got a debilitating disease, so hopefully she sorts him out. Hmm. Not that she's doing much to deal with hers. Kate? I, I've, I've just had a look at the New Zealand booth, which is called the Testimatic, and it Underneath that, it says auto ball checker. Ooh, I don't know if I'd be putting my balls near something automatic. That's even removed the human element, but which in this case is a plus. I'd just like to point out that the curtain that um, went around said testimatic <laughs> is one curtain. So there's no opening in the middle. It's, it goes all the way around the booth, which feels a lot safer. Okay. Because at least you can reach out your arm and go, no. There's still a gap where you can see the pants down the ankles. Like that Nickelback song. Well, no, the the New Zealand one goes to the floor as well because they actually thought about this as opposed to neighbours going down to um, BW and buying a shower curtain. (laughs) Okay, as much as I'd love to stay with Testy time, we must move on because there is uh, a new character that we met this week. As in um, Isla's mum. Phyla's mum. Why? I had a special thing ready and it didn't work. Oh. Keep keep trying. (sighs) Why? Okay. I was doing so well with my live stings. Now I want to just have you sing it. But I had that. It's Britney, bitch. (laughs) Uh. Dun, 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 (laughs) dun, 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 Oh, man, that took the wind out of my sails. Um, she, okay, Montana Cox, the Australian model, has been swanning around Erinsborough in oversized sunglasses and oversized coats, looking like something out of a Sofia Coppola movie Mm. and Mm. spying on David and Aaron with their baby. And in every scene she's in, they call the baby Isla. And every time they do that, she perks up and looks over at the baby like, oh, yeah. That's a baby that I know of. At one point this week, she's hanging out the front of their. At one point this week, she's hanging out the front of their house. How many things have to happen to the residents of this circuit before somebody actually keeps an eye on the street and says, "Oh, there's actually a woman clutching a bear out the front of the house of the people who have a newborn." That's weird. What? Forget Gary the pigeon. Put that camera and point it at the street. When you actually visit Ramsey Street, you realise how tiny it is compared to what you actually see on screen. Like the, the camera effects make it look mm. much bigger. There's no way you could walk down that street at all and not be noticed by every single house mm. on that street. Exactly. Tim's just brought up what happened to Sheila's WhatsApp group. That was meant to protect everyone. I think they've still got it because they still call her the crone, which was her username on that. I think they've still got it. They, it's just not used for surveillance. <laughs> they no. should get a camera that yeah. streams to that group. Um, now, Brittany Bitch, I won't call her that. Her name is Brittany Barnes. Brittany is loitering and then, and I'm like, okay, so she'll just be loitering for a little while. 
And then she notices that the baby can't get to sleep without her little rabbit that um probably because there's some nut outside her window <laughs> staring at her what's his name what's that what's delinquent that? kid brent brett oh brent made sorry. this yeah. little rabbit and it was much better than i remembered that rabbit i thought it was just some, some bit of tat he created but it actually looked quite cute when she was holding it looked it. one of those like best and less has these really flat um sheepskin teddy bear type things that look kind of not mm. quite right but cute. Yeah, no, no, they're like a ripoff of a really expensive sheepskin koala. Right, yes. Uh, so th- firstly I query a baby that young, A, probably shouldn't have an extra object in its bed. Also, they're, they're not attached to like special toys at that no. age either. That's like six months onwards is when, mm. not even, like well, my son is now 16 months, baby Dr. Carl, and he only just now is getting excited about the toys that he can have to cuddle to sleep with. It's really cute. Um, he's got about four bunnies. What would you suggest to those guys they do? Because there was one thing I was itching to do when that poor baby was crying. Feed the baby. Well, pick it up. It just need just. Yeah, pick it up. Just rock it a little bit, pat its bum. She was swaddled, which was good. She'll fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's, yeah. But nobody actually ever picks that child up. And I'm worried she's going to get like a flat spot on the back of her head. And Because like a lot of the time when you've got a newborn, they'll sleep on you and it's fine. Like some Uh of their naps, they'll just tuck in on you and it's great. Like sometimes she just wants to be soothed, especially because she's a changeling child. Oh, the poor, the poor Bobby. Um, so they're hanging around without their shirts off, the guys, and they're trying to get the baby to sleep. Which I thought, okay, it's lovely. They've having they've been having maybe some koala time or, or something. That's why they got their shirts off. But also, like, what a vision that house is. It's what I imagine like Bachelor Tim's house to look like when he had the baby. Just a couple of hot people <laughs> hanging around trying to like raise a child together. They don't know what they're doing. Two hot men and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so there have been hints that the baby could be older, but I didn't think she was like six months older to have attachment to soft toys. But then also the toy gets taken away and then she falls asleep. So I think it was just a bit of, um, I think it was in their heads that she was attached to the toy. I think it was just a coincidence because babies sleep a lot that they thought she needed it. Um, she was yeah. just overtired. She was, she was just doing that little whingy cry that babies do when they're super tired and need to go to sleep. There we go. That's Mama Kate's expertise on the line right there. Yes. And now Brittany popped in to the Bernaka household while they're over at the film festival, which are you attending an event like that when you've got a newborn? I mean, I took baby, um, baby Harold to the podcast awards when he was, what, three weeks old? True, and I guess you did have yeah. a role to play there. You had a duty, and David felt he, it was... he did not disappear from his capsule, though. I'd just like to point <laughs> yeah. that out. David had a duty, like because Paul guilted him. I think David even bought tickets to support his dad. I actually think it's fine to take them to the drive-in as a baby, like because you can just hold them if they're hungry, mm. they feed. If they want to sleep, they can sleep in the capsule, and it's and fine. you know what? We all learnt that when you get out of the car, you lock it, no matter what. Ever since Paige's baby went missing from right next to the car. Exactly. Okay, this was shocking, I found. So they go back to their car, they're putting the baby in the car, she's fallen asleep, and then the fireworks display kicks off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, they've gone gone to say goodbye to Paul and Therese and they run back to the car to check on the well, baby. Well, they didn't even move. They were just on one on the other side of the car from him. On the other side, Which was, yeah. I'd like to point out, is weird because generally you don't put the capsule behind the driver, you put it behind the, cap- the passenger because mm. capsules are so deep 
that it's hard to drive your car. Yeah. Anyway. And it's safer when you're parking and stuff to have it on the other side so you're not getting them out on the street. You know, the detail we, we need to focus on, though, is the baby is gone. <laughs> okay, can we focus on another detail in that the baby napper closed the car door afterwards rather than just opening it up and just going, all right, I'm not going to get anyone else's attention by closing this no, door No, I here. thought it was open because David wa- approached it. No, no, it was closed. Mm, we can. This is a detail we can check. That's fine. Yeah. But also um, the baby napper knew how to remove that capsule. Not all capsules oh, yeah. are the same, but knowing how to click, click, click and pull it out, that I, can be I annoying. I forgot how to do the capsule between children. Mm. So, like, bloody good on her. The capsule was in there. She just took the baby. Oh. But even even undoing it, still, even unclicking still it. Still loosening yeah. the straps. She probably, like, dislocated the poor baby's shoulders. But actually, I, I feel like they're the kind of guys who wouldn't necessarily um, tighten the straps correctly. Oh, but David's a doctor. I mean, it's presumptuous. I reckon David would. Mm. Um. So today uh, KB was taking baby Dr. Carl to the park and uh, I he runs, I hear the knock and he's run back into the house. He's forgotten baby Dr. Carl's water bottle and as he was grabbing it because he'd parked in the street, I had a, like a panic. I was like, no, you can't leave him out. I was like running out into the car going, the Darren baby got taken from the car. And he's like, who's Darren? And I'm like, oh, my God. Don't you even watch Neighbours? Don't you know who I am anymore? <laughs> I I used to be fine with just, like, leaving my kids because I, I have to park on the street. But I, I do lock it because we have plenty of people walking past our house with the kids in there up until the point that, like, a car crashed in front of my neighbour's house and would have totally demolished my car. So now I'm, like, I only do it in very exceptional circumstances when there's no traffic. <sighs> I was shocked, guys. The baby's gone. Were you expecting anything like this to happen now? I wasn't actually shocked by it. I felt like she was going to do something. Yeah, I just, it was quick. CJ. Yeah, I thought, I, no, I wasn't shocked, but also I didn't expect it in that moment. I was quite taken back. I also want to point out that just like his brother, Aaron is having to act these scenes presumably just after having a baby, which it must be really, really hard. So for Matt to be doing these scenes, imagine that. Like I felt just terrified about it. Kate, you know, Vea's running out to the street to look at her car and he's like doing it you know, when it would be very real for him. Mm. And, um, yeah, but I just thought it I thought both the boys actually played it really well because they were really tired. I could feel that they were really tired and they might let some details go. Like maybe they wouldn't have tightened the lever on the seat and maybe they wouldn't have done that. There was the thought earlier of maybe Susan and Jane can just look after the baby and we can have a date. And if obviously if that had happened... It was weird. Your parents, you can't have dates, I'm afraid. Not when no, you've got like a newborn. <laughs> and also, as they said, that well, we don't want to be away from her. You usually don't want to be away from your no, baby. That's true. They're like the most interesting person you know at that point. Um, so she's gone. Yeah. And this is a fun week we're going into. Yeah. Because wow. Kidnapping. Fun. Also, um, so Paul on the previews, Paul says the only person to blame blame is Nicolette. So I think it's going to come up very quickly. So imagine David is going to cry like a canary um, immediately. Like Paul did this. This is Paul's mm. fault because Paul paid oh. for this baby. Paul got me a baby, but I didn't like the way he did it. So I'm going to whinge now. He got me the wrong baby. <laughs> so I just 
you buy one baby and suddenly everything's a drama. Yeah, and also the um the previews are suggesting Nicolette's back very soon. That and is- like the next fortnight, like when you were hinting Bea and maybe not taking this month off, you were right. Mm, yep, instincts. Well, let's should we do citizen or citizen? Who wants to go first? I can go first. CJ. I have a shitizen for Nicolette for taking advantage of this woman and taking her baby and then effing off with her real baby. This, the, I mean, I don't know how much we know, but we're meant to presume that she was in some sort of psychosis when she handed this baby over. And Nicolette's a nurse and she did this for a million dollars. Like she, Nicolette, Paul is a bad person for doing this, but Nicolette's much worse. And how are all these pregnant women dressing so immaculately afterwards? That's my question. Mm. Um, Kate, do you have one or should I go? Oh, man, I'm really struggling. I feel like nobody did anything really to offend me this week. But maybe, look, if we got an ambivalence award? <laughs> look, it's a bit hard. Look, I, I kind of give Rose shitizen, I think. So up to the point, you know, like for doing all those mean things to Melanie this week, like, you know, frying her USB stick and everything. But at the end I go, well, look, you kind of you admitted defeat, but maybe mm. have you? Are you going to turn around next week and be nasty again? So I think she's gone. That's the legacy she's, she's, legacy she's left for us. Well, I have to do shitters and toad. For the storyline we don't have time to discuss for this, but it's for Patreon, for being toadier than thou to the thruple. Like, just come on, mate. Come on. Empower young people to learn about diversity. And don't be so ambivalent about your two prospects, dating prospects, that you can't tell which one you're going to go out with while you're on a date with one and the other one's doing a grand gesture. I just, ugh, just quit Rebecca Law. Go work in the nursery. Work on your personality. I'm sick of you. Sick of the side of you. That's all. Dogfish. Dogfish for sure. Olivia points out on the chat here that she'd like to, I'm assuming shitterson for Harlow for thinking that she was selfless until now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That scene with Ned earlier in the week, Harlow's like, I'm going to be selfish finally because of, oh, God, Chloe was good at her job. You know, anyone who starts off a sentence like that, you go, you know what, you're always an asshole. More Harlow chat next week, promise. And that's it for this episode. Uh, Patreon for the chat about the thruple and join us next week. Uh, Same time, same place. Not the same time. Probably a day earlier, but the same place. Gals, any final thoughts? No. Oh, look, I I just hope this kidnapping is resolved quickly. I don't like the idea of a baby being kidnapped. The idea that firstly there's the anguish of at some point they're going to find out it's not their baby, but then Mm. also the kidnapping. It's like anguish upon anguish. It's a lot. But kidnapping's fun for plot. So next week, thanks for listening. Uh, Check the episode notes for our socials and patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Kate, thank you. Thank you. CJ. Thank you. And thanks for chatting with us, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, this is Future VR because I forgot to introduce our beautiful closing song. It is, again, Dan Warner, who sings and composed our opening song, our jingle. He's back with another acoustic cover. This time, it is a classic. He recorded it in his kitchen earlier today. 
and you should check out more of his stuff, danwarner.com.au. He's a legend. Check your doves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives me insane. You broke my will. Oh, what a thrill. Say the goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. I love love because I thought it was funny. You came along and you moved me, honey. I changed my mind. This love is fine. Say the goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Kiss my baby. Oh, it feels good. Crazy, sick, goodness, gracious, great ball.